0: Friday, we saw the FSSP and similar groups bend the knee both to Vatican II and to Paca Papa Francis. It isn't that surprising if you know anything about the origins of the FSSP, but the attacks on sacred tradition and the sacred liturgy continue anyway, all the while the men most directly responsible for doing this work of Francis's meet with him in private audiences. The attacks come this time in the form of Catholic outlets continuing to set their sights on the traditional liturgy itself and against the various traditional priestly fraternities, To the enemies of sacred tradition, there is no real difference between the FSSP, the SSPX, and the SSPV. Frankly, they even view the priests who say the New Mass with reverence and in Latin, ad orientum, with great suspicion as well. If you need evidence of this, take a look at what the biggest Catholic outlet in the UK has to say on the liturgy. To the tablet we go. Now, once upon a time, the tablet was one of the great Catholic outlets. And over at the channel Ascent of Mount Carmel, the host of that channel frequently uses very old clippings from the tablet from better times, sometimes a century or more older, you know, when the tablet was still a Catholic outlet. If you want to know what that looks like after you've seen their nonsense here, go check out Ascent of Mount Carmel. Well, let's get to this. Headline from the tablet, The Mass That Divides. The article is written by professional Francis fan fiction and authorized biographer, Austin Ivere, author of The Great Reformer, which I highly recommend you read if you can get a first edition copy of that book, since later editions omit serious amounts of Jorge Mario Bergoglio's time in Argentina and the questionable work he did there. But it's all in the first edition, so get a copy. Now, as you can see by that headline, Ivere, who has the ear of Francis and has had personal meetings with him on numerous occasions, and is rumored to have aided the St. Gallen Group in elevating Francis at the 2013 Conclave, just to give you an idea about his leanings and his connections. When Ivaray speaks, I assume it's Francis doing the talking. For example, quote, To understand why Pope Francis felt he had to act to end the experiment of allowing the old form of the Roman Rite to continue, his biographer spoke to Catholics in an English market town whose parish life and worship has been devastated by a group of traditionalists. End quote. Woo, lad, that quote by itself reeks of lavender. But you get the point, right? But let's take a look at this little town in England. Iveray does the honestly painful thing of presenting this article like it's some novel he's writing. Of course, since he's writing what has to be at least partially fictional, Presenting it in a fictional narrative makes some sense. We get to know that, for instance, only 25 people go to the first Novus Ordo Mass in the morning and then immediately leave after Mass, despite the evil Latin Mass not happening for two hours after the Novus Ordo Mass concludes. Why? Because apparently they don't like being there for Eucharistic adoration and the Scola practicing. I'm absolutely certain that's not how he meant to portray it, but for the life of me, I can't figure out why he framed it the way he did. Anyway, we get this. Quote, Between the church and the car park, a late middle-aged woman approaches with a broad smile. Am I the one doing the article about what has happened here? As she begins to tell me what I've already heard many times by now, tears well in her eyes. It's just so awful, is all she can manage as she chokes up. It was such a lovely parish. It is all broken down now. For Ledbury's parish priest, Father Adrian Wiltshire, 71, the present unspecified situation was an opportunity last year to give the pre-Vatican II liturgy pride of place. As a result, many in the parish community felt sidelined. Pope Francis's July edict restricting and regulating the use of the traditional Latin Mass has meant that Father Wiltshire is now celebrating liturgies using the 1962 Missal without the permission of his bishop, George Stack of Cardiff, and the parishioners have fresh hope that they can get back their parish, Although he has been its priest for nearly a decade, it was only recently, they say, that Father Wiltshire was radicalized by the Tridentinists. No one has minded that for years he had celebrated an extraordinary form, Mass, at 9 a.m., one Sunday in the month for the few parishioners who liked it. But last year he made two changes, first with public Masses officially suspended, for the usual twenty twenty reasons, he began celebrating the Mass daily in the old rite, letting it be known that the back door of the parish was open to anyone wanting to attend. Second, he offered the parish as a base to extraordinary Malvern, as the Worcestershire branch of the Latin Mass Society LMS is known. It had failed to agree to terms with two previous parishes in Worcester and Malvern, and lengthy quote sounds like a terrible situation has unfolded there i mean who can stand gregorian chant and prayerful adoration of christ in the blessed sacrament am i right oh but the horrors continue the tridentine visitors donate generously and father wiltshire has not hidden his pleasure at having them for the faithful parishioners at ledbury parish on the other hand the experience has been one of a loss for which they are grieving For years, their 1030 parish mass had been an hour-long community liturgy attended by dozens with incense, a folk choir, involvement from readers and Eucharistic ministers, fresh flowers, tea and coffee afterwards. But When the churches reopened for public mass last August, the parishioners found they had been shunted as one parishioner, John Leahy, puts it, to a new pared-down 9.30 slot to clear the rest of the morning for the traditionalist visitors. They even found the altar was now dressed for a Tridentine Mass, huge candles, kneelers, and Father Wiltshire began to celebrate the weekly parish Mass with his back to them. Following a visit from Archbishop Stack for the last few weeks, their priest has at least faced them again, but he has turned his back on them in other ways. There is still no choir or music, Father Weltshire, a music teacher before he was in the wine trade—he was not ordained until his late 50s— has told parishioners he gets his music fix from the 1130 Scola. Nor is there any post-Mass gathering because the traditionalist visitors are rushing in to set up. The message the parishioners have received could not be clear. The Tridentine Mass has become the parish, as Catherine puts it. The main Mass is the Tridentine Mass, end quote. Note the use of language here. The priest has turned his back to the people— No, the priest was praying as the head of the body of worship and was facing God in the tabernacle on the altar, facing east in prayer as the liturgical norms state. Notice that he says the parishioners have been shunted. Well, during all that unspecified times, many parishioners had their mass schedules changed. It happened, and it continues to happen. As for the basic allegation that the priest says the mass without the express written permission of the bishop, has the bishop ruled on the TLM in his diocese yet? If not, then Ivere is calumniating the priest, impugning his character. But that's kind of the point here. While I think we should co-opt his term tridentinus, once if I can ever say it right, and we should make it our own, Ivere is a skilled twister of words and crafters of dialectic. And that's precisely what he's doing here, crafting a narrative. And that narrative is that if you give evil trads a foothold, they'll do this to the whole Latin rite of the church. Be afraid! Ivory uses the woman he interviews to paint traditional Catholics as arrogant. Is that a real problem within traditional circles? Absolutely. We are wretched, prideful sinners like anyone else, and we should be careful of that. That is one thing virtually any traditional priest who has spoken publicly has said is an issue within traditional circles. But his allegation is otherwise nonsense on stilts, and he turns it into being akin to one of the struggles of the 1950s and 60s in America. All that's missing are the marches. Not that anyone would actually rally to save the Bugnini-Cramner right of mass, to be sure. But that's the picture Ivory is painting for you. Ivory hits the reader with an outright lie, Francis told the public, that he surveyed the bishops for their opinion on the TLM. Many bishops publicly came forward after Traditionis Custodis was released and the accompanying letter and said they never saw such a survey. But Ivere goes there and he says some ugly things. Quote, Francis acted on testimony from bishops across the globe that Benedict XVI's attempt to allow greater use of the abrogated 1962 Missal had led to serious divisions in parishes and the spread of twisted and fundamentalist ideologies This was particularly true in the U.S., which has 6% of the world's Catholics, but 40% of the locations that celebrate the Preconciliar Mass, almost all of which are identified with rad-trad ideologies and anti-papal groups. One U.S. bishop told me that he, among many others, had raised the issue on their autumn 2019 Ad Limina visits to Rome. They gave the pope what the bishop called a polite and discreetful ear about the vitriolic attacks on him. Many had been fine with Benedict's live-and-let-live approach, but the growing attacks on Vatican II from TLM groups pushed a lot of the bishops over the edge. It was clear that Benedict's hope of a twofold use of the same Roman rite—one extraordinary and the other ordinary—that would gradually merge over time had road crashed. Thirteen years after Benedict's motu proprio Summorum Pontificum, the thing has go- ta- gotten totally out of control and become a movement, especially in the U.S., France, and England. Archbishop Gus DeNoia, American Adjunct Secretary of the Vatican's Congregation for the Doctrine of the Faith (the CDF), told the Catholic News Service. By the way, there's another lie there. He, the 1962 missile, was never abrogated. It could never be abrogated. Benedict XVI himself said that, and you got hints throughout history, from the time of Paul VI and through JP2, that it was never abrogated. You got hints along the way. But Ivory says it was, and he knows better. Ivory goes on to paint Francis and Roach as the heroes of the story. Of course, because for a modernist like Ivory, Francis is the hero of the day. The hero the modernists need to preserve their hold on things in the church. They refuse to address the fact that Novus Ordo parishes in the Western world are shrinking, that TLM parishes are growing and that the biggest religious identifier in the West right now is former Catholics. They refuse to see the writing on the wall and they refuse to acknowledge that their hippie version of an Anglican Catholicism is withering away right before their eyes. Like all good stories, this fiction they promote needs a villain and that villain is Archbishop Lefebvre, and Hall, all who agree with him, even slightly. That includes most of you listening or watching, even if you personally disagree with Lefebvre's more controversial choices. We're all in the same boat now, fellow Tridentinists, and so we may as well embrace it and declare a truce when it comes to internal trad squabbling, because the adversaries of the church within the church clearly do not care about the differences between the FSSP and the SSPX and the rest, because to them we're all the same. So what do you think about this? Remember, Iveray meets with Francis and has written multiple books about him that all required numerous private audiences with him. He functionally speaks for him in the English-speaking world. And I hope you are joining us for the Seven Sorrows Novena that starts tomorrow, September 7th. We're going to dunk on Pacamama. That's going to be great, so please join us. If you need information, ask in the comments, and I'll be glad to help you out with some sort with some information that you'll need to participate. But let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please. And as always, pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.